Great. All right. Welcome, everybody. After some not terribly uncommon kinds of technological problems, uh, and though we being a university right on the cutting edge of uh, the tech world, uh, we are not we're not immune to the normal things. And maybe because I use a PC, that's why you know things fail. I think those that have Apple, of course, never have these sorts of failures. I, as your host, I. I was confidently logging on 15 minutes early and I got the blue screen of death on my desktop. Awesome. So that was great. Uh, but we have figured it out and uh, and now we begin uh, this session, this uh, Signum Symposium on what is Signum culture. And I, I do want to give a, a couple of announcements. Be watching the Signum Twitter feed. We have a couple events that are coming up. One's a Mythgard um, movie uh, panel next week, uh, which are always a lot of fun. I mean, super deep dive into movies. This one's like the classic sci-fi 1972 Solaris. Uh, just uh, it's gonna the nerd level is gonna be super high, and uh, we also I think have um, Gabriel Shank. Maybe I'll have you share at the very end. You're gonna do uh, not an I was gonna say an autumnal, a, a midwinter, a a, a solstice uh, ghost sharing uh, story, winter solstice uh, ghost story uh, session. Um, so uh, I'll have uh, Gabriel come on, uh, Professor Shank come on at the very end of the the session, and uh, make sure that we share on that and. Of course, check out uh, Signum University's YouTube channel where there are hundreds of videos of various lengths from two minute sound bites right on up to several hours uh, watching uh, Corey Olson at a run with a you know with a, a character with a chicken on its head uh through i think, I, I think 16 hours is a, is the longest one but uh, 16 yeah. hours yeah. you <laughs> remake the rules for us but twitch didn't. Um, there's actually a parallel session going on in twitch right now um as is the case okay so here we are this is a signum symposium so of course we're not going to do just uh we're asking what is signum culture it'd be comfortable just to sit around and just do it the normal way that we've all always done it, but we're not going to do that. We're actually going to push the boundaries a little bit today. We've opened up the microphone, so I've unmuted each of you uh, as an organizer, and uh, so I'll just ask if you can to, to remute yourself until it's time for you to speak. We're going to have a little chat with the uh, panelists, going to have Professor Olson uh, share a little bit about some of the, the deep, dark history of Signum University when it comes to the culture question, uh, and asking uh, uh, and then we're going to throw it open to everybody. What, what is the personality of Signum University? What, what is its character? I mean, it's it's uh, something that I noticed almost immediately uh, in, in coming into Signum. This is not simply a it was not simply a platform for delivering knowledge, facts, uh, not even a platform for reading together good books, which a lot of great books colleges could be in the digital age. This is actually something different. And and it was the, uh, I understood the technology within, you know, an hour or two of playing with it. Uh, I understood how to teach pretty quickly. What I, what I, what I've been doing for the last four years at Signum University is always trying to understand the culture because there's a there's a character to the school that draws me in as much as the great authors <laughs> that we read, uh, the great films that we explore, uh, the great topics that we chase down, and the great discussions that we have beyond those things, but not disconnected from them. There is a something, right? And that's something we want to explore today uh, in this Signum Symposium, uh, uh, as we as we do it today. And we have uh, we have uh, one. Um, we, I don't know where Serena Higgins if she's if she's going to manage to make it. She's not not feeling well. But I have I'm going to introduce our other panelists here uh, with us today. Um, 
Uh, so let's uh, begin. I guess my, that's the thing. My top is not your top. I, I've never understood that. So, uh, all right. So let's begin with uh, Mark, just because Mark uh, saved the day today and, and brought us into this digital, digital moment. So Mark Lockneat, uh, he comes from the information security industry, uh, where he's worked for over 20 years as an ethical hacker and licensed pro, uh, pr private investigator, whereas I've been sort of an unethical hacker and, and unlicensed investigator in, in, in my previous life, I guess. Mark's been a volunteer and student at Signum since 2014, so much of the history of Signum, uh, and has been researching, and uh, get this, the parallels between modern computer hackers and magic-wielding wizards in history and fantasy literature. And of course, as soon as you say it out loud, the idea of wizards, uh, uh, which is as hackers, is, is super, uh, intriguing right um, or vice versa right i guess that's the point mark um and i'll be i'll be using uh, first first names for oh, i think we'll, we'll chat in first names uh, uh throughout throughout our session all right we've got uh, professor sarah brown uh, is in the house as well she's a high school english teacher who's been in the ed game for more years than she cares to remember that's probably fair we don't have to share all that right uh, i started in 2012 pretty much at the roots and they haven't been able to get rid of her since so they've made her faculty chair that actually sounds like an unseen university kind of a Appointment, doesn't it, Sarah? Right. Uh, actually, and it wouldn't it wouldn't be uncommon for unseen university kind of structures and systems to find their way. Hang on, does that make me ridcully or rincewind? <laughs> yes. I don't think I don't think any of us are quite rincewind. Um, <laughs> would be a great hacker, though. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's that's the, the beauty of it. Yeah, good stuff. Um, and uh, she's faculty chair and in charge of the master's thesis program. And uh, just a quick plug, you can check out there's a couple dozen master's theses that are available through Signum's uh, digital library. So check those out. These are creative projects by master's students, some of them who worked on them for years trying to trying to find a way to, to capstone their their learning here at Signum University. All right, uh, Sparrow, we've got Sparrow uh, Alden here as well. She's a Signum alum who became an adjunct professor in English and creator of the writer space, uh, Writer Space, a local community resource for writers. Uh, she has two adult comet-like children, comet, um, and she published collections of poetry on Kindle uh, and the pinnacle of her career. What a I'm, I'm actually quoted in a bio, bio here. This is good. So Brenton Dickinson has called her words that you were saying blog the geekiest token project he's ever seen. And it is. This is this is a, a very specific project, right, Sparrow? <laughs> yeah. In fact, it was my master's project for Signum but I just couldn't stop. I have added hundreds of words since I graduated. And this week I'm trying to sort out lie, the, the individual words, lie as in down, lay as in eggs, and lie as in tell an untruth in The Hobbit and disentangle them from each other. Right. Well, that's, I mean, isn't that the beauty of it? And so actually one of the cool things about Sparrow Alden's blog is so she'll do, you do like a deep dive of the words like just list basically at first yeah. but then you gather them together into either some analysis or uh you put like together a whole song or a poem or passage with all the links right exactly right now i am working my way through every word of um uh, the dwarves the deep song in chapter one that isn't and but or the and <laughs> Which is why I got to lie because there were things laying underground and a lot. Right. It's very exciting. So that's, nice. that's where I am this week. 
Good stuff. Yeah. Beautiful. No, that's right. And so yeah, you can check it out. And that's a free resource as well. So so um yeah, so hopefully that uh that folks can can check that out. We've got uh, Serena Higgins who's haunting haunting the go to webinar hall. There she is. Excellent. Here I am. Of course I would be the ghost in the machine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure actually we've done Ghosts in the Shell as one of our uh, Mythgar movie clubs, I'm sure at one point. Uh, if we haven't, then I'm sure it'll be on the list. So yeah. uh, Serena Higgins, who just uh, waved at us there, I've got her bio here as well. Uh, she's a PhD student, your PhD candidate now, all but dissertation, is that right? That's right. Yeah, it's just a week ago. Thank you. Yeah, excellent. Congratulations. Very, very well done. Uh, presidential scholar and teacher of record at Baylor University. They have almost as cool names as we do, actually, for their things. Uh, her latest <laughs> publication is an academic essay collection on the Inklings of King Arthur, uh, which won the Mythopoeic Award for Inklings Scholarship last year, uh, and her... Uh, with, which I think there's an excellent essay on intertextuality in it too, by the way. And uh, <laughs> and her interests include British modernism, the Inklings, Arthuriana, theater, and magic. So there you go, very well done. And uh, Serena Higgins has uh, also been one of our chairs uh, and has been cycled out to work on that, that PhD project. It's a cool thing to pass those projects, right? Yeah, those are nice, right? Yeah, good stuff. And and she's feeling a little under the water, so weather. So she may nod uh, or wave or give a thumbs up. Uh, but thanks, uh, thanks for. I'll probably uh, bring my webcam in and out here and just pop in when I have something to say. That's right. If 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 she, if she falls down, could somebody in Wake of Texas? Authorities, <laughs> no, that would be great. It's yeah. just a cold. And, it's just a cold in the head. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you very much. Well, but it does give a nice resonant tone uh, as well. So that that's yeah. that, that's great. All right, I'm Brenton Dickinson, uh, your host for today, and one of uh, the the profs, one of the preceptors and lecturers at Signum University. I'm also the curator of the blog, uh, PilgrimInNarnia.com, and and we. Have have with us Corey Olson, who I don't, I think he's going to haunt uh, for most of the hour. But what we wanted mm -hmm. to do, uh, many of you have uh, connected with the Signum through uh, Corey, uh, through either uh, his work as a teacher or uh, I, th I think I counted as a 28 uh, Mythgard Academy full lecture series on deep dives of books where you almost read the book and comment on every line or paragraph or page. Well, there, right? it's more, you know, I, I used to think that now that I'm doing Exploring the Lord of the Rings, it doesn't feel quite so in-depth anymore. But, uh, uh, but, but, but yeah, yeah, it's uh, chapter by chapter anyway. Yeah. That's right. And this is Stephen Colbert says that he listens to what, like 15 minutes a night. Yeah, of... that's of Exploring the Lord of the Rings. So he's a little behind now, but uh, I yeah. guess he's up in the probably 40s or 50s. So, you know, good on him. He's he's making it. It'll, it'll last, last the rest of his life anyway. So there we go. That's right. Yeah, good. <laughs> and those are free and open access available by video. Absolutely. And so so that's a, a great um, multi-connected resource uh, there and, and perhaps uh, someday even by print if our tech works uh, in, in that direction. <laughs> and of course, we have dozens of classes at uh, Signum University for credit or anytime audit. Uh, Corey's taught a number of those, and you may have caught him originally as the token prof on Twitter or through the podcast world, one of kind of the, the earlier cutting edge podcast world um, uh, folks uh, and podcasts have just grown and grown and, and, and grown. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know if we've seen the height of that, um, 
that communication platform just yet. So that's pretty cool. And Corey is not only the founder, uh, president, and whatever your real title is of the university, uh, but uh, comes out of academia to do this specifically. And so as we're going to kind of chat, chat if, if Serena is able to, to rejoin us, but uh, us panelists will chat and stuff. What we wanted to do was give Corey a chance to, uh, to share that original um, vision of the university. Um, and maybe the panelists might have a question or something. I have one question that I've thought of. Uh, for, for, for that, thinking about culture, you can, I think, find through the states of the uh, State of the University addresses, there's usually a historical kind of moment in them. So you can find this stuff already on, on the Signum University website. But just thinking about culture, what was uh, different, what's unique, uh, what's special about that, and have you share that. Meanwhile, folks, and then we'll have a, a bit of a conversation with the panelists for 15 minutes or so before we throw it out. It's okay for you to start popping in. Uh, just say, you know, answer the question, what is Signum University? <laughs> answer it. I only have a little box, so not too big. I, and uh, give give that a, a chance. I'll start drawing those together now. And if you want to, if you don't want to speak uh, out loud, if you want me to read that, just say that. You know, just no no mic, and then and put that in. Or we'll just open up the mic. You'll have a chance to share for yourselves later. Uh, and I see that we've actually got uh, Signum staff, faculty, uh, alum, supporters, and uh, some new names that I have not seen before. So that's a great combination. So so now over to Corey, do you want to share with us for a few minutes? Yeah, that? so I'm just going to share very briefly. Uh, I'm going I'm to try to stick to my five minutes because Serena thinks I can't. Um, and uh, so just I, I want to share that like the initial concept, the initial. Uh, so there are three fundamental ideas that I wanted to convey because this is sort of first the initial premise of um uh of signum and then like the challenges that i wanted to, to see if we could meet somehow um the initial premise was very simple like the core philosophical idea behind signum university at the beginning was to do online education in a way that will use the internet to connect people rather than just distributing content, right? The internet had been used as an excellent content, content distribution mechanism, but that's all online education was when we started in 2011 and 2012 when we first really began. Um, but, uh, you know, my own experimentation through my podcast and especially the Silmarillion seminar uh, really convinced me that this is, no, this is a better teaching tool than that. We can do better than this. And and again, the core concept was connecting people. Uh, and that's really kind of the foundation stone of Signum culture. We wanted to be different from other online institutions, not as a place where you're just an independent, as if you're you know, browsing videos on YouTube or something like that, but you're really part of a community um, of people who are engaging with each other. The two kind of challenges uh, that I have really wanted Signum uh, to address is sort of in one sense, kind of internal to the university itself. And then secondly, the way that the university connects uh, with the outside world. As far as the internal one, um, a core part of Signum, one of my goals, sort of challenges for Signum culture from the beginning has been to try to build a university community which does not have a lot of the uh, sort of built-in awkwardnesses and inequities that are almost universal in higher education in my experience. And I'm speaking specifically uh, to the kind of gap between faculty and staff and also the kind of like 
sort of weird relationship that both of them have to students in different ways. Um, that the way that those three groups of people, staff, faculty, and students connect to each other is often awkward and uh, sometimes really quite objectionable. I mean, uh, you know, back in the old days, right, in the 18th and 19th century, uh, university staff basically meant like the servants, you know, of the faculty. And there are places where you can still very much feel the legacy of that, of those roots, you know, of, of that and that kind of thing. So creating a different environment where we're all relating to each other on a much more even playing field and, and, uh, and a much more generally collegial fashion is is was one of the one of my initial challenges the primary internal goal but externally as well um, the way in which the university relates to the outer community and of course this was an inherent part of signum from the beginning and the way that it grew out of my podcast right so there was always the broader podcast audience and the subset of the podcast audience who you know became signum students and started taking our courses and things and then you know there was always that kind of middle ground like the people who were auditing our courses but they were not you know matriculated as ma students and they weren't taking the courses for credit so they're not like officially students but they are our students and and then there's the community who only participates in the open broadcast like mythgard academy and uh you know and the other things that we do but don't take our classes or even audit them. Uh, so from the beginning, there has been this much, uh, we've been a part of a much larger community, which are still the Signum, they're still a huge part of the Signum community, a big part of Signum culture, um, even though they are in one sense, right, in one way of looking at it, technically outsiders, right, to the, uh, to the primary educational life uh, of Signum University. And again, that it, in large part, that relationship between inside and outside is kind of a legacy of the whole, my whole podcast experiment originally, you know, wanting to take the whole, you know, with, scholarly publishing uh, and taking scholarly publishing to the podcasting field and thinking about the relationship between uh, what I found to be a very inward facing scholarly community and instead be reaching outwards and, and trying to be more inclusive in that with that. Um, uh, it's also kind of a legacy of that as well. So those are the challenges. How can Signum be more intimately connected with the outside world, with the broader community, not just a community of scholars, even if we are facing inward lovingly and 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 uh, and equitably and all these things, I didn't want us to be facing inward, you know, with our backs to the rest of the world. So those are the two things which, uh, the, the two kind of parameters, uh, which I, I, I tried to, you know, I wanted to establish for Signum and then the culture has kind of grown uh, and developed um, uh, since then. So that's it. I'm done. That's my five-ish minutes or so, uh, just to kind of explain the concept and the birth of things. I have to say that's pretty five-minute-ish. Wow, well done. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it, it, intentionality is built in. That's a, like, that's clear from the, uh, for, from the beginning. Did any, did a panelists, uh, any of the panelists kind of have a have a thought on that like or do we do you want to query Corey? do you want to let this spin out uh from here yeah go ahead sparrow oh we can't Corey, hear you. I, yeah. now i have now i've unmuted myself Corey, what have you seen i mean because you've got this let's all connect to each other in this healthy way have you seen 
ripple out effects from that core intention? What have you witnessed? How has your baby grown? <laughs> well, it has been, uh, I mean, of course, one of the primary ways in which it has grown is the way that, you know, so I, and I talked about how the original, you know, the initial startup community of Sydney University emerged out of my podcast, but it's, it's grown beyond that, of course. And uh, that's one of the primary things that I have that I have seen a ways in which it's been growing in ways, not that I didn't intend, but that I wasn't directly involved with, right? Um, and that is students who have been coming into our program, not because they were podcast listeners and wanted to kind of take the next step of, of you know, talking geekdom, um, uh, but which is awesome. <laughs> and of course, as I said, that was the, the original audience, but people who have come in for other reasons, people have discovered us in other ways, you know, the people who come in because they really want to study Germanic philology, right? And who don't really know my podcast very well at all. Um, uh, people who have discovered us now increasingly through academic routes. We've had, you know, we, we get more and more students now who are recommended to us by their faculty, I mean, you know, undergraduates who are recommended by their professors and advisors, you know, who have heard of us and say, hey, there's this really cool program and this stuff that you're interested in. You should totally look into this. So these are people who, again, they're not, you know, to some extent we had a kind of a jump start because you know, my podcast had so many wonderful people uh, following it who helped to form a really wonderful community before Signum even began. So we kind of started with this like starter community, right? Which was just wonderful and, and a great foundation upon which to build. Um, but I've, I, that's one way certainly in which through our master's degree program itself, I've seen it grow uh, and expand. You know, Serena, I think about last year at TechSmoot, right? When we had all these people at TechSmoot, uh, you know, one of Signum's regional moots, and I had to stand up and give a like, let me tell you like what Signum University is, because half of you've never heard of it before, because you're just here to attend TechSmoot because it's cool, uh, you know. So, uh, so that, again, that's ways in which our you know different groups of people are coming to us. So that's been one of the things that I have been interested to just kind of observe, right? To see these people who are not kind of organically a part of that original startup community. Um, how are they gonna relate to it? You know, is this gonna, and cause my fear, right? My, my biggest concern was not that we, you know, Signum culture would, you know, die or anything. It seems to me that if there's a, if there's a, the primary danger I think that faces the Signum community is for us to be too like clickish, you know, too kind of in-house to, you know, that there would be like those of us who are kind of insiders and, and, you know, the old guard of the, of the, of the Signum people, and then others who kind of come in and linger on the periphery and don't really connect to the community. Um, uh, so that's, that's been, I, I say my concern not in that I'm worried that it's happening, but again, if it goes wrong, that's the direction I imagine it going wrong. Um, and uh, so, but I also have very little kind of direct control over that. That's where the relationships with our preceptors, the relationships among our students, our Signum advisors and everything, we've helped to try to put things in place to, 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 to prevent that kind of thing, you know, and really to integrate all of the new people and the new directions that we're going. And of course, you know, the challenges here are gonna be expanding as our program is expanding with the, the new, uh, you know, humanities initiatives that we're beginning over this next year and, and, and in, the, in, in the couple years to come um, is gonna be whole new populations of people coming in. And, you know, how then is Signum culture gonna be developing and uh, how will we be able to, uh, 
um, you know, follow through on the principles that, you know, I was kind of hoping for to meet these challenges that I was, uh, you know, that I originally saw uh, before our community. That's going to be interesting to watch. Hmm. Awesome. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Go, go ahead, Serena, and then Mark. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to reiterate part of what you said, Corey, about the the avoidance of unhealthy hierarchy. And maybe yes. another tagline we could have would be study the humanities without losing your humanity. Unfortunately, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> a lot of academic institutions do enforce a kind of unhealthy hierarchy that takes away from the dignity of many of the people involved yes. in the institution. Thanks that it's not universally true. And the atmosphere at Signum reminds me of a really good academic conference. When you go to a really small conference, mm -hmm. say one that's just studying a single author or a really small theme, everyone there tends to be really welcoming and encouraging, especially to the younger and emerging scholars, because they know if they're not, they're going to die off and no one will be left to study their one author that they love. <laughs> right. And so in a way, the Signum has something like that atmosphere and that attitude, but I'm really optimistic that we won't lose it as we grow. And it should be clear from the things that we've all been saying that Signum is not just for academics, obviously. Things like exploring Lord of the Rings and free outreach and clubs for kids and stuff. But I also want to reiterate that it's not just for not academics either. Right. And that within the language and literature program, I'm very pleased at our standards of academic rigor. And I know the faculty are just absolutely top-notch. You know, we have PhDs from Oxford and from many an excellent institution, and we have both faculty and students and alumni publishing and presenting all the time. So I'm very pleased with, with that balance and with the community that you've been able to build. Mm -hmm. yeah, Mark, what's your thought? Well, I just wanted to touch on the community thing too for uh, anyone who's listening that hasn't really gotten involved. Uh, it's really easy to do so. You know, I've been around for maybe five years or so, and there was, you know, I wouldn't call it an old guard because it wasn't cliquish, but there was people with established relationships when I came on board. And it's really easy to get into that community and start talking with people and volunteering to do things. Uh, I mean, that's one of the wonderful things about a, a relatively flat hierarchy is you could get in there and do stuff. So for felt for my fellow students that maybe haven't been involved that, you know, maybe think about volunteering or, you know, get, uh, you know, get on the board when the student uh, position comes up or something like that. It's real easy to get in and uh, it's really rewarding as well. Good. Excellent. Yeah, go ahead, Sarah. I just want to kind of carry on from uh, what people are saying there, because one of the things I love about Signum and, you know, I've been with Signum for quite some time now is that sense of inclusivity where it feels like um, you're, once you join Signum in whatever capacity, you are part of a family and you're part of a structure where everybody works together seamlessly. Um, and that is so important because in a lot of institutions, you do have that disconnect between faculty and non-faculty, and it creates a gap in between in which, you know, never the twain shall meet. Whereas I see Signum more as a jigsaw because everybody has things that they do for Signum and it creates just a torch of the metaphor, one big picture. Um, but I think that's really important. It's one of the important things for me is this sense of inclusivity, because it's not just about the inclusivity with those who are doing things for Signum, but it's also those who come to Signum. Uh, I mean, for example, we don't turn somebody away because they don't come with a pocket load of money, which you would need at any other institution. Uh, you know, people come to us and, and they want to study. 
we find ways to help people to achieve that. That is so important when, you know, a lot of people would look at the cost of studying at a bricks and mortar university and just be completely turned off because it's so much money. It's so much money. And, you know, unless it's for something very specific for your job, that you can see this is going to benefit me financially later. And let's face it, my PhD in Tolkien does not have that kind of financial benefit. <laughs> you know, then it, it's really off-putting. But, you know, what I love is the idea that people have an opportunity to explore and indulge in something that just fires them up and interests them and you know lights up everything with inside them without having to be terrified of the bill that comes at the end um so you know work study placements and things like that that we have in place there to help people and to encourage people to actually come along and do what you are going to love to do without having to dig right into the bottom of your pocket and wonder if you're going to pay for this or for the gas mm. That's just what I wanted to add to that. Well, well, the word accessible is is yeah, I suppose an overused word, but it's very intentional. I think in our community, right? We're we're trying to, we're always asking that question of access in one way or another. Um, you know, that's why I, I noted transcriptions. You know, I, I it sounds odd. We're very visual and audio, but eventually we we may be able to have a full transcription service as well. It's just a, it's just it's actually a question of just how we can naturally just roll out into what the next space for us as a community is. I think, Corey, you wanted to say something there. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, that is, that's all, that's all really important stuff. And just one thing I wanted to add to, to uh, Sarah's, it's one of the thing to Sarah's comment, one of the things that I am most proud of uh, at Signum is that we've never turned away, there's never been a student who has wanted to study at Signum but couldn't for financial reasons. Like we've never turned, you know, this that it, it has never been impossible because there have, and there have been a significant number of people. Uh, I mean, not only do we keep our tuition really low anyway, but uh, you know, we do have the work study option you can essentially barter uh, for your tuition. Um, and therefore, you know, there have been a number of people who have completed their master's degree without ever actually paying a cent to Signum University in tuition um, because they've bartered their entire way through. And that's excellent. I mean, not only is it excellent in the sense that we're providing this opportunity, it's been awesome for Signum. I mean, goodness, the percentage of the total growth and development of Signum University that has been due to the people whose time, who have bartered their time, who have given their time uh, instead of their tuition money to Signum is enormous. I mean, we, we never could have done what we've done uh, without the the help of people who do this so it's been such a wonderful uh kind of win-win situation in that way um but yeah that that uh that that desire sarah just exactly you know uh what you were saying of being able to provide this opportunity without uh having people have to worry about you know the the bill that's coming at the end has got i mean like don't get me wrong like it's really nice when people do pay tuition because it's nice to be able to pay. We do need money at the end of the day as well uh, as, 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 as people's time, but it's been a really good balance so far. And again, our, our, our people have been really good about not, you know, we don't even, um, we don't even have a very, you know, someone was just emailing us, uh, you know, saying like, you know, do I have to submit my FAFSA form, you know, to you, which is one of those horrible uh, federal, the federal application for student, for student aid. 
aid. Yeah. Um, uh, anyway, we, we don't we don't even we don't even look at we don't even use it. We don't even I don't, we don't want people to fill that out. It's horrible and in, and, in, and intrusive. And, um, you know, we just kind of are like, well, you, if you can't afford it, tell us and we'll work something out is kind of our our super rigorous uh, uh, financial aid policy. <laughs> essentially. The other the other way that it's always been accessible is I know we're really proud of saying we've never turned anyone away for scheduling reasons that we always accommodate the time zones all over the world. Um, yeah. Now, sometimes that means we accommodate them because they're willing to take the class at two in the morning because that's when they're not working. <laughs> but I know that we always try to schedule preceptor sections and so forth so that people can make it. Right, Chicago? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. that's right. Yes, yes. Yeah, our, the, our, uh, our students from, yeah, Takako from Japan are super patient students. For New Zealand is my least favorite time zone as far as its relationship to American time zones. That is by far the hardest, I think. Uh, and we have had a couple New Zealand students who, yeah, it's 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 challenging, but yeah. But the first yeah. the first time I taught a preceptor section, I, my students were in Hawaii, Canada, Virginia, and Israel. <laughs> the afternoon Eastern Standard Time. It was lovely. Yeah. Yeah, no, I remember even traveling. Uh, when you travel into Europe, uh, and then all of a sudden you yeah. realize, oh, jeepers, i got to find pretty strong bandwidth at 2 in the morning. Right? For, <laughs> for what was a nice, comfortable 9 p.m. class for me. <laughs> so, go ahead, Sparrow. Yeah. I was going to say, uh, behind the scenes, I get to help with scheduling. and. Yeah. My proudest moments have been coordinating Kuala Lumpur and Israel, and there's some place in India which we have dealt with, which is has a 45-minute offset. Oh, <laughs> That's my favorite. Yeah, okay. here, here in Canada, it's a half hour later in Newfoundland, so we uh, uh, we've been we've been playing with that. So th this is and only on like the island of Newfoundland, not the whole province of Newfoundland, <laughs> which is a great. Wait, half an hour off. Yeah, half an hour. Well, they're half an hour into the sea, I guess, right? So <laughs> it's uh, it's it's almost never sunny there. That was a good idea. Yeah. So you, know, it's, you use it's, a spreadsheet, Sparrow. Yeah, the spreadsheets, yeah. Well, and 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 tech actually has helped in the uh, in the eight years since the school started. I think um, tech for coordination has helped. But let me let me let me just kind of bring up some kind of intriguing contrasts. Um, so we have uh, you know Corey sitting there with a golden halo around his. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, and and you were talking about people like you know bartering, and I think of the minstrels kind of singing for their supper as they the bards as they wander mm -hmm. Europe, and, mm -hmm. and and we have that that kind of model, you know, and yet we have these kind of intriguing contrasts. So in one sense, we're super rooted in in worlds that are you know like we have a whole sci-fi line, but but really we're a little stronger on fantasy and more on on trees than divots, right? And so we've got. You know, we tend to go to worlds that are the least technologically connected to our contemporary moment as possible. So that's kind of, and yet we're a, a fr frontier tech uh, uh, community. And then the, uh, another thing that's kind of intriguing is the the hierarchy. Yeah, you're right. And, and this is a, a flat design in a, in a lot of ways. You know, we're you know we're actually intentionally redesigning our staff programs this way. Uh, we we engage. We recognize as teachers that we're with students that uh, they may have reading ideas that will broaden our own horizons. We learn from them, all kinds of things. Yet we tend to use like you know professor or doctor uh, when when addressing one another. I remember. Mm -hmm. 
first teaching with Sarah here, and she did she did kind of gently say, you know, actually, part we do tend to say, you know, Doctor or Professor uh, Brown, and uh, so thanks, Sarah, for kind of drawing me in in that one. Not not a rebuke, just a nudge, you know, in that direction. And, and so gentle. Uh, so gentle. Yeah, that's right. And then we also like we uh, we we recognize mentorship. Actually, we recognize mm -hmm. mentorship's a huge part. Actually, Serena's a, a mentor to me in this world. Right, brought me in. Uh, you know, I'm largely running things, hosting things like this on the model that I saw from her. Uh, we also have. Um, you know, we recognize expertise. We, we recognize masters. I mean, it's called a you know like a master's program, but we recognize mastership. I don't. That's not a word. We recognize right. that. Yeah, <laughs> mastership. But I want like you know I want like the word you know that we would get from you know the like a master craftsperson, right? You know, we recognize that as and 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 then we can't even It's not just reading, but it, it's all kinds of skills that we bring to to mm -hmm. this, right? So I think that's an intriguing. Uh, set a contrast, isn't it? Does that does that tension hold together well, or do we find ourselves kind of bumbling with that tension? Like, what do you folks think? Well, for me, one thing I would just say briefly about it is that, to me, it's one of the things that is kind of liberating about a more kind of flat structure. And like, when you don't superimpose like power hierarchies among people, it's much easier and more natural just to like give respect where respect is due and to have these kinds of mentoring relationships when 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 those things are are kind of forced upon you right you know when you're constantly being told like to whom you must kowtow and over whom you have authority and all that kind of thing it's um yeah, it, 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 I, I find it makes those relationships not easier, but harder, you know, to be able to, whereas it's, it's just, it's, it's more natural when everyone is, is relating to each other in a much more flat kind of, uh, uh, officially, you know, as far as the outwardly imposed structure, um, it's one thing that I have noticed is that the, the, the way the, 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 the kinds of respect and not just, the degree of, of respect and the kind of mentorship relationships that have grown, but also the, the when you impose a structure, you're also imposing a set of values, right? Like power is assigned because this is the stuff that matters, like whether it's like your degree, you know, the degree that you have or whether it's the position that you have or, um, you know, whether you're teaching or whether you're not teaching, that's the thing that really matters and grants you authority or whatever. Um, when you don't have that, then like the other ways in which, you know, so seeing the ways in which some of the, uh, some of the skills, some of the, uh, uh, the really wonderful abilities uh, and talents that a lot of the people at Signum have, um, those kind of gain respect. And we have, you know, people, so I mean, I, you know, Sparrow to quote an example that Sarah was just mentioning that uh, like, you know, Sparrow who's up here above me, she's like our, She's our she's our she's our queen of spreadsheets, right? Uh, so like everybody gives respect to Sparrow, the queen of spreadsheets, right? Uh, and um, 
and, and you know, there are so many things that different people are good at that you begin to see, right? That you begin to see and to value and to and you know, and and people will start coming to 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 those people who are really good at at these things, right? And, you know, so instead of having like, well, this is the person, you know, because we have this structure, this is the person that you answer to and that you're supposed to come to with all of your questions and stuff. Instead, people kind of find each other and and discover each other better. And and so I I think it just creates a much richer environment for those kind of you know mentorship relationships good sarah go ahead or sparrow i want to add that our amazing students because of the format of signum we're not looking at 21 year old folks who are all straight from school to school to school yeah, we true. have we have students with a breadth of life experience which makes it really easy to look at this person who's maybe on work study and know that hey they're an expert at cyber security hi mark oh i had a, a student in a class of mine and the topic got on to egyptology and demonology and he said well my first master's degree is in egyptology do you want me to put together a little presentation Yes, your first master's degree. That was before. Oh, I see your doctorate in archaeology. Okay, great. The students have, are so amazing. It makes it just a heck of a lot of fun to be in community. Good stuff. Yeah, and so, so I, I do need to stop the panel. So, because we're having a side conversation. Now the panelists are all having a side conversation in the secret <laughs> chat room. Which I never happens, one by the way. Serious and important question for Corey, though. So we we have so Sarah, so Dr. Brown. So this is this is going to be on the record. This is recorded. Are you going to do this, Brenton? Yeah, yeah. So how do I pronounce your your first name, Dr. Brown? It's Sarah. Sarah, right? So where See, is it? Okay. Sarah? So this is an interesting Sarah. question uh, because it's it, it is you know what it reminds me of. It reminds me of Tolkien talking about translating names into other, like when when the you know when the books are translated into Dutch and German and things, and the question of how you translate the names, right? Do you just keep the names, uh, you know, and and not translate them, or you know, when the English name means something in English, right? Do you do you use the same, you know, the parallel thing in the foreign language, right? Yep. So, this is, I. Uh, I have been called. I've been pronouncing your name Sarah all of this time, because I feel like if I pronounced it Sarah, I'd be faking a British accent, right? Which is, you know, so I'm like, so, but, but you, you see the parallel. It's like, do, you know, when someone pronounces their name, appropriation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I sort of, I, I'm like, you know, I, I, I don't know. But then again, like, or do I blithely go on, you know, pronouncing your name like Americans would and uh, and uh, disregarding how you'd like to have your name sound. So, you know, it's 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 uh, it's tough. It's challenging. <laughs> well, that's all right. Corey will. Uh... <laughs> so, yeah, so, Sarah, so we we moved from Japan and we wanted to name if we had a daughter name her Hana, which is a flower in Japanese. Uh, and then I got back to Vancouver and I said that, oh, like, they're like, oh, Hannah, you know, like, <laughs> you know, it was a completely different name. It it, it just fell right off the list. So <laughs> and then you only had a son. Yeah. Well, okay. So, so what we're going to do, we're going to have, uh, we're going to have Corey 
Uh, oh, go, you can you can speak first. Uh, well, I, I have one, I have a serious question for yeah. for Corey. <laughs> do we have time? Yeah, yeah, go. Yeah. Um, Corey, what's something do you think Sigmund culture does not get yet? What's something we don't do well yet? Actually, can can I pause that? Actually, let's yeah. let's hold that to the end of the hour. I just okay. like it's a you great. Want to end on the negative? Yeah, like oh, no, no, it'll be like a hopeful throw forward. Because, because I also don't like, like I, I would hope that as we chat about these things, like we we'll we'll have things emerge and say, oh, you know, actually, I think we've got a, a terrain in front of us uh, rather mm -hmm. than behind mm -hmm. us on that question, right? And so, so I think it's a great question, Serena. It's actually on my it's on my list to ask in a different form. Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah, there you go. And so, <laughs> well, I said I'm following your footsteps, right? So, the the so so let's let's hold off that. Let's have Carrie or Corey <laughs> Corey. Anyway, let's, hey, it's, all, it's all good. It's yeah. all good. Let's have uh, the, the token prof kind of uh, go and, and do Twitch for a little bit, uh, uh, do the Twitter and all that kind of stuff. Um, and and uh, so now we're going to we're going to go to kind of some student things and then and I'll have the staff and faculty and uh, alum here uh, that's on, on our panel at feel free to, to bring in your own uh, uh, thoughts like as you're responding to to the students rather than just kind of sharing one by one let's go ahead and, and free for all it and then but be thinking kind of like of a capstone thought about you know like I like the spirit animal of signum but you know not not that right so like a, a way of capturing an image uh, that you, we've got uh, Phil talking about you know uh, teapots and and virtual scones and things like that having tea together uh, you know, and, yeah and Phil also says you know this the Sarah Sarah thing is an issue throughout the UK it's actually I think you're going to an election on that question today so so it's, no it's a different question <laughs> different question do not so, talk about uh, the election no uh, and so, uh, cats Let's on the screen. The so, bring up UK and American politics, shall we? That's right. Yeah. No. And and uh, uh, um, of course, we, we've never heard about those. So let, let's let's go to let's go to our pan. Uh, let's go with the panel out to the community, uh, folks. And so you can uh, tweet me at Brennan Dana, or you can put a little comment here uh, in the in the box, uh, or you can raise your hand, and we'll get you uh, have a chance to to chat. So we've got uh, one hand up. I'm going to have uh, G Gabriel Schenk is one of our props as well. We're going to have him share, uh, and then I'm going to have uh, Sarah. Can you uh, would you be able to read Kate Neville's got, kind of got a lovely comment here, and we've got a couple of others uh, uh, that uh, that I've captured that people uh, tweeted or emailed earlier and and I'll bring those in as as they kind of uh, seem and then I have some kind of harder questions to kind of ask uh, as we get further but we may not get that far uh, Gabriel do you want to uh, oh and just a reminder everyone uh, I've unmuted you or am doing so right at this moment and so if you want to remute yourself just to make sure that there's no background noise uh, but you we would love to hear your voice so if you want to raise your hand uh, we'll get to you in the next few minutes go ahead Gabriel uh, hi, Brenton, and hi, the panel. Um, fantastic discussion. Uh, uh, thank you very much for that. Uh, I feel like I'm one of the babies of the faculty because I was only employed just uh, just under two years ago. Um, but uh, I can certainly relate to, to everything that, that people have been saying about the friendliness and the openness of the university, and that is a key part of its culture. Um, it, previous to Signum, I, I spent a few years working in admin uh, assistant roles and teaching roles at Oxford 
Uh, and at Oxford, sometimes when you ask someone how something is done, the answer is, it's been done that way for 700 years. How could you, how could you not know that that is the way it's done? Um, whereas at Signum, when I've asked a similar question, how is such and such a thing done? The answer is quite often, uh, either this is how it's done or we don't know yet. Um, why don't you join the committee uh, to decide how that thing is done? Um, and, and both kind of reactions can be frustrating in different ways. Um, but there is a there is a wonderful kind of fluidity to Signum, which uh, the panel have already covered. Um, and uh, but that kind of the downside of that fluidity, I suppose, is that sometimes if you want uh, something to be set, it isn't always set because the future is still being made and it is a, a very young institution. Um, but uh, on the flip side, I think that makes it a very exciting place to be. Uh, and because it's so welcoming um, and uh, hopeful, um, you can actually be part in, in changing things rather than people people just turning around and saying, well, we don't know how that's done, end of the story. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's nice. And it's so welcoming. You know, I stayed at, you know, Gabriel Sheng's house <laughs> last time I was in Oxford. <laughs> so that yeah. was, it uh, uh, actually had, uh, we, we had coffee with uh, Sarah um, uh, when you were coming through where I was studying, right? So uh, I, I, yep. yeah, there, there are other kinds of uh, uh, those sorts of connections. And so, so yeah, so that's, that's it. So, so dynamic, um, open, uh, of course that has limitations. So I actually literally just want to know how to do this one thing, you know, mm -hmm. I don't need a system. We just tell me how to do, you know, I don't need to invent anything. So there can be those kind of uh, uh, limitations. Well, thanks Gabriel, that's great. Um, and I'll, I'll note here uh, just, uh, you know, uh, some other other things, you know, uh, Takako says, you know, um, when she thinks of uh, 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 culture, you know, uh, with nerdy things done with a little, nerdy people doing nerdy things done with a little bit of humor and a little tolerance for the term paper being late. So I think <laughs> I won't make that kind of an across the board thing. Uh, our chair is on the panel. And so we, we don't want to say that out loud, but but I do think that there is there is some of that. And I may get a chance to Takako kind of shared a bit of her uh, kind of like a testimonial connection with the school. And we'll actually have we'll go to um, uh, thanks Takako san and we'll go to Sarah. Can you can you read what Kate, uh, mm. Kate wrote or some of what Kate wrote here first? Yeah, sure. She says. I was moved to come to Signum when it was first only Mythgard, not only because I believed in the educational goals, quality at a good price with flexibility, but because I had been very impressed with the teaching style of the Tolkien professor when I discovered the Silmarillion seminar. I had been turned off of the study of literature in college in the 1970s, and I was thrilled to find a professor who was interested in what the author was actually saying, and who was also generous and kind with students. He seemed like an educator worth supporting. Plus, he brought Tom Shippey to the very first class offered on Mythgard. And I have found throughout my tenure through to my master's that the rest of the Signum family, teachers, preceptors and students are equally kind and supportive and inspiring. Which is to say that Signum embodies the spirit of the Inklings without Dyson yelling, no more elves. <laughs> no more elves being the nicely edited version. Oh, okay. Signum edited version. <laughs> and that's okay. We can, we'll keep a PG for us uh, uh, as well. So, And it's hard to know like the apocryphal nature of that story in any case, but it, it's certainly one that got around. Yeah, no, so that, so do you see the d dynamic of scholarship, a certain kind of openness and approach with a relational connectivity? I mean, that's an intriguing thing we keep hearing 
during connection coming up when it could be easily argued that we're the least connected school possible like we you know we, we don't like shake hands like we don't sit together in a room uh, or around the table so that's kind of a nice contrast uh, that, that um, makes those things match any any other thoughts on uh, Kate or Takako and of course uh, uh, you know Corey's uh, the next step in token geekdom could could be tweeted out with a halo uh, screenshot around his head there as as one of our new uh, promo uh, shots I think so uh, th thoughts on on the, the things that were brought up this far I'll throw one out. I, you asked to think of a spirit animal, but um, I'm thinking more in terms of a vegetable, <laughs> um, which is just kind of like an onion. I mean, there's so many different layers that you can come at Signum. Uh, I mean, if you're really into the fandom, there's people here who will talk fandom with you. If you want to have a really good discussion about books, you've got those discussion group sessions. And then, like myself, if you really want to challenge yourself and get better at academic writing uh, and get more into that world, it's available for you. So that's one of the things I really appreciate is just being able to go to a much deeper level and, and all the people here who have been helpful and challenging. Yeah, good. Layers like a like an onion or an ogre, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's a, sorry, that's a Shrek reference. Not everybody will get that one. Yeah. So, yeah, so there we go. A fungi far from, far from space. Good stuff. So, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I thought it was parfait. Yeah. So, Gnome Vice here says, uh, um, uh, uh, uh <laughs> Thinking of the spirit vegetable of the onion, um, you know, doing doing uh, serious academic work can also make you cry, right? So it's it's like an onion in that in that way. If you cut it, if you cut too much, it does make you cry. Yeah, I've actually been there. Actually, <laughs> that has happened. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Um, and and do you like is is like is rigor part? Is that in the signum DNA? Is that like uh -huh. so natural that we like what what is that is it intentional natural um something we strive for what, where does rigor fit uh, it fits right in there along with everything else i mean yes we are inclusive yes we are welcoming but we are also an educational institution and if you are going to do your master's degree with us I don't think anybody would want to go on a master's degree course that was airy fairy and and not really um, rigorous enough because there's not a lot of point in that. You're doing a master's degree, you want to feel challenged, surely. Um, and uh, academic rigor is part of that. Uh, preceptors will be encouraging and helpful and give lots of guidance, but in the end, they're also there to ensure that, that academic rigor is a part of the curriculum. So that when we are grading papers, um, certainly when I'm grading a paper, uh, not only am I looking for the content, I'm also looking at the academic style of writing and critique on both will be given because, you know, I want students to move out of my class and into another class, having not just learned something about the content of that particular course, but also having extended themselves as academic writers. That's part of the point. We also want graduates who when they graduate from our master's degree course, are at least equal to the quality of students who graduate from a master's degree at any other institution. That's important, you know. Um, I think that we would actually be doing our servants, uh, a servants? Oh, our <laughs> students a disservice 
it's been a long day. Our students a disservice if we offered anything other. Um, I, I think it, it's incredibly important. So, and I, I'm quite certain Serena's going to agree with me because I know she, like me, um, thinks that uh, academic rigour should be built in and is built in. Um, and our students benefit from that, in my opinion. Yes, all I was going to say was, you can see why I wanted Sarah to be the chair after me. <laughs> Thanks, Sarah. Yeah, and Phil adds, you know, does rigor, when you say rigor, does that include setting up a course that means exploring the whole Lord of the Rings word by word? I mean, I mean, that's, that's it, right? Like some of our, like these are, uh, these are not these are not like courses some of them you know it's pre pretty common when I do a lit course here to uh, to to cover you know a book a week essentially or something mm -hmm. like that right or, or I think it also maybe even more means putting something like the Lord of the Rings in a larger context looking yeah. at what were the cultural influences on it what are those scholarly conversations going on about it right now um, if you're doing it word by word that might be through a linguistics approach rather than mm -hmm some other more casual approach. So I think a lot of times it means asking what are the conversations that have gone and are going on around this text and how can we enter those conversations and then contribute something new to those conversations and put it forward. Mm. Yeah. There you go. And there's actually, you know, so we talk about inclusivity and then, but you know, that always has, when it comes to, to, to critical thought and strong uh, reading, you know, there's always a hard edge there has to be a hard edge quality to it. Like at some point, there's a no, uh, to, you know, to to the to the yes, right? So like at some point, there's a there's a line, a limit, a a standard, something that we strive for. I mean, what is a quest if if the goal is just to go and get you know whatever you find in a field, right? You know, mm -hmm. you know, look look at I've you know I found an old fence post, right? So like that's not the same as a sword in a stone, you know. Uh, uh, it's not the same, you know. So anyway, so there's my metaphor has fallen apart. <laughs> so, <laughs> also got kind of caught up in in, a, in an interesting conversation that we're having uh, here, and uh, and uh, and part of part of that that you know back and back and forth, you know, is you know like I just said the phrase spirit animal, something I don't really have any context for uh even though i do understand some of our local um indigenous uh culture and spirituality just not a phrase that that's used here obviously something that's contextually different and so so i do apologize i don't i'm not trying to pick that up and take it or even mock it uh, which i think spirit vegetable would be on the line there so I'm a bit of a pushback there but uh, it also leads me to the question of kind of the, the intercultural or international uh kind of status of this is is signum university like is it a multicultural is it international right you know so two two of the five of us that are on the screen right now aren't aren't american or not in america right now and uh um, i don't know that the student body is quite at that level i think it'd be a little stronger are we international is that something that is a field before us to explore the the multicultural dynamics of playing that out or uh is that something just to be kind of comfortable with we're generally an american rooted school that that is is open and playful in the way that it engages the globe what, what, do, you, what do you folks think yeah. we're an extension of oxford now <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, it's, yeah, we'll see. Uh, I don't think that's on the degrees just yet. Just, but um, certainly, you know, I was actually reading something on, on C.S. Lewis today and the person, uh, an American scholar, quite a, a, a smart uh, paper, uh, complete American appropriation 
of a British text, uh, cultural text, and smoothly moved it over to an American cultural critique without any feeling to, to explain why that was natural. Right, just the assumption that it kind of the 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 political view of Lewis in you know 1945 and then moves to 2015 in in the United States and that was supposed to be a fluid thing. I don't know, right? You know, I think there's actually there can be kind of some limits there. I think the Oxford Oxford is different than you know. I wanted to text, point so. out that um, the master's degree that we offer so far, we do not call it an English degree. We call it language and literature, yeah. and we certainly do study these European roots of the English language and of English literature. So we have these courses in Old Norse and in these Scandinavian and other European languages and so forth. But we're not a comparative literature program. You know, we do not have scholars on the faculty who have studied various African, Asian, you know, Australian, Indigenous literatures. You know, we we, we haven't gone there yet. We do not have a huge program teaching a lot of living languages right now. We you know we have a, a very specific niche. Um, okay. yeah. Excellent. So we have, I think we have an international reach and a little bit of an international culture, but I just wanted to point that out that, you know, the, what we study so far is this very particular deep strain of European and then maybe American appropriated <laughs> literature yeah. in that one particular Germanic tradition. Well, I can, and I can, like, in this Sparrow just shared, there's nine in ten are North American students, which, which I think is, uh, in, in, um, you know, it's kind of interesting, you know, so we have, uh, you know, one student from the Philippines and one student from Israel, each kind of giving different answers here on, you know, yes, there's a kind of an international quality, but no, it's not fully international. It's true that it's a rooted university. And if we were to do, I think, an indigenous literature course, I could see it really being a native American one rather than, you know, you know, uh, you know, the Gujarat, you know, tradition, you know, or in India or something, you know what I mean? Like it, it's just based on what we know, right? Where we've actually, I'd love to teach some, uh, or, or learn uh, Neela Hopkinson's work. Uh, she, she does this kind of Afro, uh, Cuban or Afro Caribbean Canadian work and, and work with Neil Gaiman in American gods on the accents there. So that would, be kind of a cool so it could be i don't know we'll, we'll see we'll see so the um yeah so uh yeah so that's that's good um so uh yeah okay, a, co a couple of other comments here that i i wanted to do and i think uh serena will have to drop off at, at some point for other responsibilities so thanks so much for for coming serena you'll have to watch the video in order to get the corey's answer to your question yeah yeah i'll have to do that thanks so much it's good to see you all that's right. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. And actually students are here, like, actually <laughs> we've got students trying to, to give suggestions of programs, you know, yeah. What about, you know, Dr. Sturgis doing indigenous fantasy or, you know, like, you know, Phil saying here, you know, what about, uh, uh, Celtic languages and mythology? I mean, sir, you know, you know, we, we need to develop in that kind of, that kind of, this is actually, is this how we develop curriculum? Actually, that's a good question. You know, mm, do we one of the ways. Curriculum? 
Yeah, one of the, one of the ways mm -hmm. uh, that we do, develop curriculum. Uh, one comment that was sent by Wes, uh, um, who's a teacher but also is a student and works with a school, is uh, that he says, uh, "Where else do you get to discuss uh, C.S. Lewis, Shakespeare, and sex dolls in the same class?" Okay, so when asked at Signum University, so just to give a little, uh, just a short context is that I did <laughs> uh, C.S. Lewis and mythologies of sex and love this semester, and ended with Lars and the Real Girl as one of our last discussions. Kind of an beautiful American uh, f film and and so you know is is Signum U University are we are we a is is it are we pop culture connected like I can't think of anyone less pop culture connected than C.S. Lewis uh, or J.R.R. Tolkien and yet they created whole you know whole streams of popular culture right so are mm -hmm. we a pop culture connected university uh, or is that just some of us is that just a stream within the different uh, the delta that is our school like what, what do you folks think yeah go ahead sir Sarah I think some of the courses do draw quite heavily on popular culture um, because the way in which we study certain texts or certain authors lends itself to that. I mean, some courses absolutely don't because they're very specific. Like, you know, if you're doing Norse literature, then, you know, you're probably focusing on that. Although I'd love to see them extend out with a discussion on Thor in the Avengers, but hey. Um, but yeah, I do think that a lot of our courses, especially when you, you look towards the end of what's on the course lists, you often see sort of projecting forward and outwards. Um, I mean, my own uh, Tolkien and Context course uh, looks at postmodern Tolkien, if you like, in the last session, where we look at what's happened through fandom and look at the yeah. Jackson films and things like that. So, uh, and I know that there are other courses where similar sorts of things happen, where um, not only, for example, on the dystopian fiction course, where not only do we look at uh, really old books, ones that have been around for quite a long time, but then we bring it right up to date and look at, you know, the Hunger Games and the Maze Runners and things like that and, and really extend out into popular culture and ask the question of, you know, things like why was dystopian fiction so popular in YA literature in a, you know, a specific period of time just recently? Why was that? And I think we do ask those interesting and actually really necessary questions because for literature to keep breathing and living and moving on, I think it's good to look at why it's so relevant in today's world. Why do we still read Tolkien? Why do we still read C.S. Lewis? Because it's still relevant. And if it's still relevant, why is it still relevant? What roots it in today's mm -hmm. cultures? So actually, yes, I do think that a lot of our courses do address popular culture and I would argue we're right to do so. Beautiful, yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, I think the pop culture piece is there, but it's a point of entrance. It, at least it would be for a lot of people to uh, get more serious about it. And it's kind of like when you're writing an essay, you have that so what question. And the mm -hmm. so what is, well, what does this really mean to us as people living in a society now? You know, it's yeah. not just so that we can go to the Medieval Congress once a year and give a paper that only 30 people will read. It's something to help us understand ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, mythopoeic, you know, myth making literature, myth is not simply story. It's not simply mythos of the Greek idea, but actually has this foundational kind of culturally riven 
and and uh, culturally arriving and creating kind of a, a sense to it, right? So it's not mm -hmm. simply just story. Uh, and so I think that's a that's a that's a an important element. And literature is what is read, right? Like earlier on, it was like I think it was Kate's comment. You know, it was nice to see you know people who appreciated what someone was saying you know in the literature that's that's an important element but it's also read something that we're receiving right so mm -hmm. it's an intriguing thing good yeah yeah no that's 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 a that's a, a an important important element that i've been um kind of curious about because it does stand in that contrast to the to the inklings so are we like so pop culture is an entry point pop pop culture reading response fandom as parts of our conversation mm. are, are we a hipster school <laughs> how do you define hipster i don't know that's so 2014 but you know like is is uh <laughs> <laughs> no, like is is like are, are we faddish like are we are, are we like on the edge of stuff or are we not kind of narrowed to one of those things no it's, it's getting into the dialogue that's been going on for 20 years 30 yeah. years since since it started yeah good i think that being on the edge of stuff is very different from being faddish mm -hmm. because stuff to be on the edge of is i am looking around my world and mm -hmm. i am wrestling every day with ideas about heroism and mm -hmm. honor and leadership and what is a good king what is a what is a good leader of the free world and i have to go right back to c.s lewis mm. i go right back to the coronation of king frank uh, that's what being on the edge is mm. Sorry, I'm crying again. It's me. If you know me, I cry. Sanctum culture. Sparrow cries. <laughs> yeah. No, that's good. I'm I'm actually glad you cry. That's good. Yeah, I don't I don't know. Thank you. This Thank is, you. This is uh, <laughs> we'll send you a digital digital uh, <laughs> tissue there. So well, one of the one of the students said that he makes virtual scones. So if oh, you yeah. could just email us all scones that see yeah. culture. That's good. That that's Phil. So Phil's gonna get a bunch of emails uh, at the end of the yeah. session here. So mm -hmm. so so Kate, when I asked the hipster question, Kate says, Of course I'm the one with the beard. Okay, fair enough. Uh, <laughs> fair enough. You know, and and Gnome's right too. Like like we're not, you know, I think Gnome, you would agree, like we're not on the cutting edge of like, you know, sci-fi or something, right? Like no. and, and it we tend to let books sit for a bit. Mm-hmm. Like the Broken Earth series would be a great, uh, you know, N.K. Uh, Jemison would be a great series to study. But we tend to let these things ferment a little bit. The percolate a little. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And just kind of, um, and just kind of uh, grab them. <laughs> so I'm not actually a student yet, just a humble lore monkey. So uh, that's and scone monger. So that's what Phil says. So yeah, go ahead, uh, Sparrow, and then Sarah. I have a challenge. Challenge. To anyone on the faculty. Okay. Right? Yeah. What if we had a standing day after the Hugo Awards panel uh, discussion? Mm, Respond oh. right now to the Hugo Award winners. Mm -hmm. right? it, it, it's going to be Nick and Jemison for the next 20 years as long as. <laughs> right. Yes. Okay. Yes. I am all in favor. I will knit for the winner. 
<laughs> yeah, that's right. Azenia says that that's actually a great question or a great a great suggestion. That's actually that's a really good uh, uh, suggestion um, because that that's sort of I think still one of the building and dynamic parts of our program is the sci-fi like what we want to do with that and where that's going to go. So, mm -hmm. uh, Sarah, uh, yeah, we missed the latest winner. You're right, Noam. I am behind the times, uh, but that's that's actually the point. I just got to Broken Earth last year, right, or this summer. Uh, so there you go, uh, Sarah. What's what's your thoughts? I just wanted to zip back to your comment about you know are we a hipster institution? And see, here's my response to that. Uh, apart from your beard, of course, which is magnificent, of course. Um, my response to that is that the whole idea of the hipster is being very self-consciously hip, you know, mm. you know, deliberately self-consciously hip. So, you know, putting yourself out there and saying, hey, look how cool I am. And I, I don't think we do that. I think we just do stuff. Um, I don't think we're setting ourselves up to be self-consciously cool. I mean, I'm the least self-consciously cool person. I'm the least cool person. I'm, I, I'm a completely unapologetic nerd. Um, so, you know, uh, I, I don't think we are hipster. I think that we are just fun. <laughs> and. Well you know. would, would the school, like Sarah, would the school or anybody actually, and, and students, you can uh, raise your hand, pop on, and give your thoughts. Uh, we want to be kind of winding up in the next 15 minutes or so. So, so I'd like uh, students now it's your time to kind of raise your hand, get your voice in. If 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 we weren't in a, a geek chic two decade cycle, like it's been a building cycle where. Um, nerddom has has really come to the front of things if this wasn't that moment could signum work <laughs> you know what i mean like does like or actually is there kind of an anti-cultural countercultural uh thread that makes it also gives gives us energy do you see the kind of thing that i'm trying to balance yeah, there? But i think there's always been nerds even when nerds aren't cool <laughs> nerds right. have been around um you know just ask bill gates nerds are always there sometimes they're just you know quietly in their own room reading tolkien and sometimes they are suddenly you know everybody wants to be a nerd because it's suddenly cool to be a nerd and then they get to fade into the background again a bit like you know when i was a teenager and i was a goth uh, every now and then people get goth-like and that comes to the fore as a culture and then we get to hide in our dark corners and pretend to be vampires again for a decade um but you know there have always been nerds there shall always be nerds i have decreed it so <laughs> nerds are, nerds were always among us mark yeah and then yeah, i was gonna say there's certainly a lot more nerds these days um i mean it's it's a lot different more now openly nerd. The 70s, when I was playing Dungeons and Dragons at the elementary school, a lot, especially with especially with role playing games. So, you know, I have children now, and you could see the stuff that children are exposed to, teenagers and so on. It's very much part of the consciousness to be thinking about Dungeons and Dragons and things like that. The uh, all kinds of webcasts and uh, you know things like that. People just listening to people playing Dungeons and Dragons. My daughter listens to you know hours and hours of that stuff every day. And so I think that really does contribute to you know the ability to get people interested in it. Yeah, I think it's it would be a lot harder to do this if that wasn't the case. Good, yeah. Yeah, I agree with you to a point. But I I do think that it's the case that perhaps people are more openly nerdish now. 
um, yeah. that it's kind of easier to be openly nerdish because you're not necessarily getting your head kicked in in the schoolyard for it. Yeah. And that's uh, that's nice. Uh, I mean, the, mm, not the, good thing. But like, and, and a couple of the uh, attendees agree, uh, Takako and, and Phil both give points or and notes that this is really about openness and about trends that we see kind of emerging. I mean, Stranger Things just wouldn't have ever happened 20, 20 30 years ago. You know, like it, it, it's great that it's set in the 80s, but it would never have been a show in the 80s, right? It just no. So uh, Sparrow, what was your thought on that? My thought was, let's not forget the power of the internet. If there's one hip, cool, or nerdy person per town, now we can find each other. Yeah. And where it turns out there are hundreds of thousands of us. We're just, I'm sitting here in Plainfield, New Hampshire, which has just under 2,000 registered voters. You know, we all fit in the gymnasium so we can all go to the basketball games, you know, but we're we're able to find our people because of the technology we use mm. and and that is somehow allowing us to have this really old-fashioned kitchen table family extended family cool thing uh, you asked about what's what would be my capstone comment there are people at signum who knit bright yellow slippers and send them to me and I knit bright blue jackets and we sent them off for when Signum staff have babies, <laughs> right? That's as high tech, low tech, we're all in this together as I can think of. Yeah, no, that's lovely. That's a that's a, ni a nice image. And uh, and I like how we, we do the opposite at Signum. We, we have we're a digitally connected community and then we use local and national conferences to 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 draw people together in, in other kinds of settings too so it's a it's 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 you know we, we've chosen a pathway but it's not a pathway that limits in any kind kind of a way so yeah well, that's that's good yeah and there's actually more comments here on you know um you know, on, on nerd, nerd culture that seemed to have kind of tripped a kind of a thing, you know, like Buffy, right, of course, is a, you know, a, a you know, nerd culture kind of show. Uh, um, but there's getting mention, mentions from other shows, as Zena mentions, Mr. Robot here. So this is, uh, yeah, what's that? Hackers. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, so good. So that's the, I mean, and, you know, Doctor Who is like a nerd culture <laughs> show for whatever, I don't know, five decades. How old is Doctor Who? I don't know how old Doctor Who is, but somebody knows. So is is Sam culture, like, I, I, I made a comment once in a public lecture that I'm always afraid to talk about Tolkien in a public lecture because there's always, like, two or three people in the back mocking me and Quenyan. Um, you know, like, you know, like there's an elvish club at the back, you know, talking about how, you know, I clearly haven't have got the etymologies wrong or something. So, so is the, it, it can be terrifying parts of nerd culture, including D&D culture, uh, you know, graphic novel stuff, you know, like knowing the right things that come along, even the Marvel Universe has its own kind of intensity to it. Uh, is that a culture in Signum or is it just, is it, is it more about magnetic draw than it is about uh, magnetic propulsion. Like, what do you, what do you folks think? I can, I can see Sparrow just she's on the edge. Like, no, I'm on, I want to say something. I'm on the edge, and I'm saying, if if Corey Olson is the pebble that got dropped in the pond, and his 
just welcoming and and just and equitable values spread out like the ripples. Hmm. I think what he said earlier is exactly what we find at Signum. If, if there are experts in Quenya over in the corner, I am still given love for my spreadsheets and Sarah is still absolutely respected as the most logical and demanding of the preceptors and everyone we're looking for each other's special gifts and you know mean people make themselves big by making other people small signamites mm -hmm. make ourselves bigger by lifting everyone up it's yeah. okay i'll i should i'll stop sorry because i'm crying no that's a nice <laughs> That's a nice, generous moment. And I think, Sarah, you got kind of a, a nice uh, um, a nod there. Oh, that was uh, lovely. Thank you, Sparrow. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and uh, uh, here's a, a name I, I don't know. Kemre uh, or Semre says, you know, Signum is didactic rather than pedantic. And I think that's a pretty good um, mm -hmm. uh, Greek uh, Greek way of putting it. So that's a um, a, a nice deciding a deciding moment. And somebody did note, by the way, that that we don't have uh, we're we're shorter on linguists on the panel, um, and that's that's probably true. I actually looked for when we were inviting people, we looked for like faculty and staff and and people at various kind of levels and 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 spaces. I, I didn't think as much about the way that we go out, but we do want to think about you don't do philology in a non-exacting way. Right, <laughs> you know, you don't just sit and 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 just bathe in the long vowel shift and just uh, and just wonder at it all, right? You actually get down to work and 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 try and get some work done on it, right? So, so that's part of that hard hard edge hard edge thing. All right, uh, okay, so folks, so um. Uh, Sparrow keeps putting out capstone images that that draw together draw together things, um, and so I want uh, you that are attending here uh, to to let me wallow in the glottal stop. You know, Phil says, yeah, and Phil reminds us that Doctor Who tried to start on the day that JFK was shot, um, but um, uh, so that's fifty six years, right? So that's a uh, um, good uh, a good a good thing. So, Goodness, and, uh, pardon me, sorry. I said it's older than me. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's older yeah. than many of us. Good stuff. All right, so let's let's make sure uh, that uh, you get your voice. Go ahead, folks. I want uh, you that are attending here to go ahead and give me your capstone image, kind of how you imagine uh, Signum, like the pedantic versus uh, um, pedantic versus didactic is a, a nice kind of thing. Give your final image. Sparrows got two kind of final images: the ripple pond and the mittens, uh, the mit knitted. Uh, booties, and so uh, that's it. Uh, um, so as we're kind of coming up with our final images, Corey, are you still are you still with us? Um, I shouldn't. I should give him some notice on the call. If you're still, I looking, am. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to pop back on? I don't know if your your video will still work there. And have you given some thought to the to the question of what's what's ahead? Is there something that you would like to see develop in Signum culture that that would uh, either accentuate one of the faculties that we've been talking about? or uh, actually stretch us and, and move us in a certain kind of a way? Yeah. Um, so uh, I was, you know, joking backstage here, uh, Sparrow, I'm totally putting the pebble dropped in the pond on my business cards. Like that, yeah, I, that's, yeah. 
That's awesome. Um, good, good. good. I'm, I'm, I'm crying. Good. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, I, I think the biggest challenge that I see ahead, of, and biggest challenge in a couple different ways, like in in the sense that I do think this is still the frontier that needs that still needs most work right now, and also the one that's going to be changing most and is going to present more new future challenges as we move into these next, you know two to five years, um, is the relationship between the Signum, like sort of the internal Signum culture, right? Faculty, staff, students uh, at Signum, and the external community, the public community uh, that has been surrounding us, in particular since <clears throat> we have been, I mean, thinking about all the wonderful things that people have been saying, about, you know, uh, you know, what Sparrow was just talking about, about the internet, right? In a large part, that is like at the core of what we've always been and what we've always done is, and and we have proudly and deliberately stayed within a niche. We've not tried to broaden out significantly. We've added new things that people are really interested in. You know, when, when our program has grown organic organically, like into Germanic philology, that's been great, but that's been from like internal demand, essentially. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, but still we have been, we have been a, 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 a pretty tight niche, right? The vision that you know that I've been pushing forward now for a few months, and that we're beginning to 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 move into, um, adding this larger uh, foray into the world of the humanities, which is it's parallel, but it's parallel on a different scale, right? It's parallel in the sense that you know we're not going to be trying to do you know we 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 have no aspiration to do an undergraduate degree which has all the departments, right? We're not going to teach math and science and everything else. Um, we are still doing uh, a niche approach, but the humanities is a much bigger niche, right? A much broader niche uh, than, you know, Tolkien studies, fantasy studies, science fiction, Germanic philology. Um, and so I can see, so again, one, one issue is I think that, you know, one which is still a current issue. I still, I would love to see ways in which Signum could be, I think that our relationship inside to outside, like the, again, the broader community and our internal student community, I think that we could we could do that better. I'm not sure exactly how, but sometimes I feel, I mean, I'm particularly kind of at the junction of those two things. I spend a lot of my time on a weekly basis interacting with our broader community outside of our master's degree uh, community. Um, uh, but of course, I also spend a lot of my time interacting with, you know, all, all the folks internally at Signum as well. So I'm kind of looking in both directions. But one of the things that I see when doing that is that often there are still gaps. You know, there are a lot of people inside Signum who don't really get the broader community, you know, who don't really have any connection to it and don't fully understand it. And certainly outsiders often come in and don't really get that, you know, don't see why, you know, I've been told by some people who have come in like, you know, I think your institution needs to focus a little bit more. You're kind of all over the place doing all these different things. And I'm like, well, yes, but like, that's kind of part of the vision. It's not, it's not, uh, it's not just, um, uh, you know, lack of focus. It's, uh, that is part of our focus is to build a community that can kind of do that. Um, um, so again, so that's one thing that we need, but again, the challenges for that are going to be even higher as we move forward because, Soon, we're going to be bringing in students who are not part of our small niche at all. You know, we're going to be having students in our uh, in our student community 
who are not even fantasy fans who've never read Tolkien, right? And who don't aren't into any of this stuff, right? I know it's crazy, yes. but I believe these people exist and I think it's going to happen. And again, it's it's, it's going to be a big part of what Signum does um, is being able to, uh, you know, there, there is a, there is a broader community that I, that we can serve and that I think that we could, but it's going to be a, a really, well, I was about to say a new community project. It's going to be a new scale of community challenge. Um, but, uh, but yeah, when that Tolkien studies, fantasy studies, Germanic philology, those will never be far from the identity of Signum University. You know, I mean, that will always be a part of what, um, that will always be a part of what Signum University is and, and and will be a big a big part of our core but five years from now ten years from now um you know the people who study the subjects that have been the whole uh you know the the entirety of our of our subject matter so far are going to be in the minority like distinctly in the minority um uh and we will never devalue it, right? It'll, it'll always be big in this community that we've been building around, this fan community that we've been building around this niche, that's not going away. Like Mythgard stuff's not going away. These other things, are, we're gonna carry on doing all these things. Um, as one of the messages that I keep trying to deliver about our humanities growth and stuff is that it's not about subtracting anything. It's just about adding, it's just about growing um, around it. But, <laughs> you know, when that core element, you know, when 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 the the signum as it currently exists becomes the nucleus of a much larger body, um, how do we, you know, negotiate that relationship between that core uh, and that and that outer body, right? The whole the whole rest of that body, uh, it's going to be interesting and challenging, and and uh, you know, my hope is that certainly a lot of the really basic principles, and that's kind of why I started with that at the very beginning right um the really basic principles of just like connecting with people um of you know the the kind of community of mutual respect rather than rigid hierarchy that that we've been trying to build if we can you know as we move out and bring in you know non-talking people and stuff uh into our community we will still have those basic premises and that'll give us still the foundation upon which to build and to explore exactly how this is going to work and how this is going to be. So, um, but that's definitely where I, you know, what I see is the biggest challenges at both the, the biggest challenge still currently and the biggest challenges still ahead. Yeah, well, that's intriguing. And I think we're gonna have a conversation sometime about the disruption that Signum University is and yes. to the degree that, we want to be a prophetic voice and to the degree that we just want to do the thing that's before us. Right. So I think, right. I think that's an intriguing kind of uh, balance. Um, and of course we'll have <laughs> yes, Spar Spar Sparrow, you, you are disappearing digitally, right? <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. Thanks, Sparrow. Her battery is uh, disappearing. Uh, thanks so much. And, uh, and so, yeah, this is your last chance uh, folks. We're going to kind of share a, a few comments and then have our capstone, uh, comments I wrote mine down um, uh, and from the from the panel and so if if you just raise your hand if you'd like to just go ahead and speak the comment that you put uh, here uh, in the box and I'll, and I'll acknowledge you just a, a few points that we have here you know Takako had said earlier on in the session I didn't read it yet that 
um, one of the, the funny or interesting things about Signum University is you get to know the bedrooms of the people that teach you, right? <laughs> you know? So, you know, and, and, uh, and that's true, you know, like, uh, you know, actually, I know there's some props that are kind of more intentional than I am about shaping uh, the space that's behind them. Uh, for me, it's kind of like notes on books that I haven't finished, I put behind me. Yeah, that's right. Actually, that's a nice disco ball, Sarah. Uh, and uh, <laughs> yeah, that's just the a normal. Disco ball. It's my light shade. <laughs> it's just the normal. I love like... that light shade. See, oh, that's exactly it. Like, I, 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 someday I hope You're to pickle. visit yeah. Sarah and see that 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 light shade in person. You know, it's dragon right. moot. You know, you want to dragon moot. Oh yeah. Oh well, yeah. Mark just reached back and grabbed a pickle um, or something. <laughs> it's I rick. can't do that. Yeah, but like, I thought it's the thing that he reached, like, I thought the surface was like 20 feet, like 12 feet behind him. And he just reached back and grabbed it. I love, <laughs> love the perspective there with the bell phone sign there. So, um, so yeah, so let me kind of, yeah, let me grab some of these comments. Uh, uh, and uh Right, so I just uh, have to make sure I do this. I did want to say, so one thing Lorraine said was she does love studying uh, things uh, that she wouldn't be able to normally study where she is in the Philippines and doing literature in English helps me reflect on her own culture and her own space, which is kind of an intriguing comment. Uh, so that, that's a nice, uh, a, a nice note that we want to that we want to, I think, acknowledge there. And and then uh, Kate just said, you know, about the, the idea of letting books percolate uh, in films and things like that too. Although our Mythgard movie panel, I think every third film or so is a pretty new film that it does. The, you know, Kate's uh, doing a presentation on Naomi Novik's two latest books and she's a Mythopoeic Fiction Award winner. Uh, and uh, so it's scary to write on something new, she says. You know, it is true, right? It, it doesn't sit with us quite as long. We're, we are kind of big on letting tea steep, right? So that it's stronger uh, and, and so that you can share it, right? You know, you know, a little kind of splash of the tea bag is not, not much to share. Um, you know, and, and Phil says, you know, don't forget that nerds get things done, you know, so that's something that we have <laughs> to, you know, oh, that yeah. there is a, a background culture to the way that our digital age has worked. Um, and, and Kate agrees that, that, that Signum's led the curve, not just on the other things, but on the cost of higher education, um, which is a kind of humanities based respect, uh, uh, she says, which I think is a good, uh, a good note. Um, <clears throat> So yeah, uh, uh, Kevin uh, notes that Signum is really, really in interdisciplinary. Uh, even though it's focused on lit, um, like uh, even with things totally out of academia, I've mostly pulled on theology, which has so much resonance in Tolkien and Lewis. Um, and then <laughs> I lost the, the rest of the comment, but uh, Oh, there we go. Uh, but I've received so much interest and it all seems to tie together. Yeah, no, I think uh, integrative and interdisciplinary and allowing things to kind of bump together. Um, it's how my I'm never going to win like an IQ contest, but I'm good at bumping things together and seeing what happens. Right. And I, I kind of like the 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 gnome. What's the thing, you know, where the, the electrons bump together in that big circle thing in Europe? <laughs> Uh, no one will tell me. And uh, and uh, I'm that kind of guy, the the, the collider, whatever that thing is called. So, the um, Hadron Collider. Yeah, the big Hadron Collider, thanks. Uh, yeah, uh, it's Takako would write Mark's phone booth, but I, I'm pretty sure that's not what happened. So that's, yeah, but that's Mark's <laughs> phone booth there. 
uh, that may be in Europe. There may be a time uh, lapse that exists uh, there. Uh, Tom, uh, uh, one of our f uh, digital friends connected with Signum, says uh, um, uh, when when we noted that the doctor who tried to start on the day that JFK was assassinated um, said, so C.S. Lewis regenerated as the first doctor. So that, that actually is, <laughs> I think, there are a lot of Doctor Who theories. I think we want to be careful how we throw them out there, but just saying. <laughs> the first doctor was a little bit surly. <laughs> That's right, a little bit surly. Why am I awake? I don't understand. Uh, 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 in the, uh, actually, you know, given how confused the first doctor seemed all the time, it begins to, you know, be very I mean, plausible, actually. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's right. That, that, there could be a whole lines there. And Kevin's like, what? You know, no math, science. Uh, so Kevin wants to talk about the humanities program. You know, um, Phil says the, the Mabinogion, I don't even know how to pronounce that, would be fun. Mabinogion. Yeah, uh, Mabinogion, right. Uh, Mabinogion. <laughs> Rising of the Dark, somewhat based on that. And, and, and so, yeah, so we, we could get into individual ideas. You know, Xenia notes here how... Um, <clears throat> You know, uh, has a great question. How can MA students find a way to interact with newer students and new groups? And, you know, I actually don't know the answer to this question. Do do we, like, we have our online discussion board. Is there an online, like, is there a Facebook group or online Google board? Like, where do we talk? There definitely are uh, through social media uh, uh, groups that, that people can do. But that, that's actually something that I would love to be a little bit more deliberate about. Um, I think that we could do more there to kind of facilitate opportunities for students to, uh, uh, to, you know, talk and to, you know, as if for established Signum students to welcome new students and everything. That's definitely something I think we could do more of. Yeah, there is a Discord channel too that is yep. available to everyone. So if you're like me and don't use social media, there's always Discord, um, yeah. and we can give the invite information for that if you if we don't have it. And yeah, that, of okay. course, has been one of the challenges to doing this, right? There are so many different mechanisms and, you know, only a certain percentage of people participate in any one particular mechanism, whether it's Discord or Facebook or whatever. So that's been one of the one of the the, the challenges, um, just trying to figure out how, like, to, to I mean, the, the basic idea of a mechanism isn't so hard, but thinking about, in, in fact, how to implement it and on what platforms is pretty challenging. But um, but yeah, I think that's a really great idea and certainly something that I think we could do more of in one way or another. And it's intriguing. It's actually an intriguing problem. I've been trying to think about what we could do for alum to give a space for, you know, sharing announcements, opportunities for service or donation, you know, following up on scholarship, uh, finding out, you know, celebrating successes like when, you know, you know, teachers get promotion, or you know, or their MA thesis goes somewhere that they, yes. you know, that's valuable. Um, and and finding one space for that, you know, it ha is is kind of a tough thing. And so, yeah, I've been thinking about that. That's actually a great question, Xenia. So, um, yeah. uh, now I'm going to read a comment from Phil. I don't understand it at all, but hopefully somebody <laughs> else does understand it here. So, uh, uh, Phil's like, uh, you know, w what about visualizing Signum University, something like Karis Galadon? With uh, Marilyn for each department holding lectures on flats. So, okay, so <laughs> yeah. put that out there. Yeah. And Lorraine does note that, you know, not only do we get to know the rooms and the offices of our professors, but we also get to know their cats. Uh, you know, and Gabriel, <laughs> yes. I think, has, has actually given um, a tenure to a couple of his cats. Uh, <laughs> <and so. laughs> 
we'll see we'll see, we'll see how that uh, that goes gnome showed so dragon moot i don't know if that was the answer to my big hadron a large hadron collider question or not <laughs> but uh um and there is a facebook group phil does note that uh facebook group signum students um mm -hmm. which she mostly avoided because i'm not one and it is kind of an internal thing and so i i, I don't it's not an official uh, official thing. So anyway, so this is this is an, uh, has been an intriguing question. So now it's time for the capstone uh, image. We got a couple from Sparrow, the booties, and the ripples in the pond, which I think are two. Um, mine is uh, the rhizome. Or rhizomatic is a. Um, I have friends that work in rhizomatic pedagogy, which is the idea of rootedness, but then roots that kind of move out organically from that spot. And so rather than a design from a kind of a top-down approach, they're trying to design courses that instead of have like a whole syllabus outline, students uh, or, or professor or student teams design the course to build from central core concepts out into the educational questions rather than bringing the questions first. Uh, and it's an intriguing upside down way of putting it. Um, uh, but uh, in uh, Charles Williams, uh, when C.S. Lewis was trying to explain Charles Williams' authorian uh, poetry, uh, he actually talked about trying to train vines um, along the wall, right? Yeah. And and I think that there is an organic nature to Signum's program. Uh, why, mm -hmm. why why do we have the programs that we have? Well, <laughs> it was like the next step, right? It was the next thing to do. In five years, will we have a Shakespeare program or we'll have a C.S. Lewis major? Well, it depends what the next step is, right? Like it's, we don't, we don't know. Um, it's not actually the, well, it depends how hard I push maybe, but you know, uh, you know, we, <laughs> we, we don't know, right? Uh, it's the next, so for me, that's my image. It's from the Greek word uh, for root, uh, rizzo. Um, I don't love the matic part, but that, that's not my thing. So, so that's my capstone image is the root, uh, the, the vine that begins trained up the wall, uh, rather than us kind of planting trees uh, in a monocultural row uh, that we can chop down in, in, a, in a period of time when they're finally wood. Right, so Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, no, I think that's a really important one. And certainly, I mean, I think back to what um, uh, Gabriel and, uh, and and Mark and others were talking about earlier about, you know, the whole, how do we do this thing at Signum question, which comes up and often gets interesting answers. Um, you know, there are a couple different ways in which, you know, you could set up an institution like Signum. Like, you know, when you're starting a university from scratch, right? One model would be for it to be started up by somebody who is like super good at detailed advanced planning, right? And like has, a, you know, templates for everything all laid out and everything so that everybody always knows what's supposed to happen and, and things happen that way. That's not me. Uh, and that's not how we have done things. Signum has grown and developed as it has it's it's been all about organic things i mean instead of um i mean of course we you know i do have uh uh sort of visions of how i would like signum to look and what i would like signum to do but those are more I don't know what, I, both sort of goals and principles, right? There are like some principles that I think are super important and I wanna make sure that we're following, but how we follow those things, I'm, uh, you know, I'm open about. Um, I will have, you know, goals that I want us to achieve, but exactly how we get there, I'm not, I'm not quite sure and, and we'll see. And in my experience, when we've tried to 
just kind of assert those things, right? And we've been like, okay, here's what we're going to do and here's how we're going to do it. It often doesn't work. Sometimes it does, but it often doesn't work. Um, so, you know, one of the things I do every year um, uh, is, uh, you know, just as an illustration, um, I do, you know, I take our, basically our uh, organizational chart, you know, our Signum org chart, uh, and I redo our org chart every year, not because I want to make changes to, you know, our structure necessarily, but because I'll, uh, at least once a year, I have to sit down and say, okay, what's really happening now? <laughs> you know, let, let me try to do another description of what is actually occurring because it's different than it was last year, you know, and in some ways that I didn't expect it would be. Um, and, uh, you know, there are a lot of times when I'm, uh, you know, you know, people who have been involved on the on the staff side of Signum will know. I'll be like, okay, so new way of talking about this. We're gonna we're gonna we're changing some of our nomenclature and stuff like that. Again, not because I'm like I want to you know us to do things in a totally different way, but rather because I'm trying to find more and more uh, more and more accurate ways of describing what we actually are and 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 how we've actually grown in that kind of organic way that you're describing, Brenton. So I, I, I agree that that's been a huge part uh, of who we are and why we've been successful, our ability to uh, to adapt to our people and to 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 just grow naturally like that. Good. Yeah, thank you. Excellent. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that reflection. Uh, that That's great. Um, Sarah, uh, who, who do we have left here? Sparrow's gone. So okay. for Sparrow, Sarah or uh, Mark, what, do you have a final kind of capstone thought? I'm sticking with the onion. It's simple and <laughs> well used. There's different things for different people and you can go pretty deep um, to the point where uh, I actually take advantage of my preceptors and write papers that I want to write and kind of force them to read it <laughs> and get a lot of value out of it, you know, and, uh, you know, so that's there for you. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, that's good. Yeah, and it and and it occurs to me too the way you say that, Mark, is, is we also have, a, I think, a diversity of students. Like I've taught in preceptor sessions high school students, you know, all the way up to someone who's basically a retired professor or a retired writer. You know, it's quite a, it's quite a extensive kind of thing. So, uh, Sarah, you have, I think, near the last word here. Yeah. <laughs> um, I still kind of like my image of a jigsaw. Yeah. The way in which we can all fit together comfortably, but I don't see that jigsaw as having only one picture. Um, I think that, you know, you break it up, you put them back together and it creates another picture because we're not fixed. We're, we're changing and we're changing a lot. And that's a great thing. But no one piece is more important than any other one piece. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's actually quite important that um, we have Mr. Ripple in the pond here. Absolutely. Without whom there would be no signum. Uh, and, you know, that's incredibly important. But. I think that the fact that we don't have the hierarchy where some people are just so much more important than other people, um, the fact that we all work together and we do all work together um, and there's a recognition that everybody who does anything for Signum is important, really important. Um, and so I'm, I'm just going to stick with my jigsaw image. Mm, good deal. Yeah. Uh, Nomads Lego to your image there. 
<laughs> I was thinking the same thing uh, when you're describing that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And, yeah. and there three is a three dimensionals. Thanks, Noam. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it has a three dimensionality to it. It's funny. They went another way. I went to um, like Garden Borges, you know, Garden of Forking Pass, and that the infinite library. And then I went to the Unseen University, where each of the, <laughs> yeah. you know each of the books kind Ink. of officially also exists in a transdimensional uh, space, right? And I think that's what reading is. It's such a great metaphor for reading, right? Is, uh, is, is that uh, transdimensional reality. Uh, reading transcends space and time and connects worlds uh, that mm -hmm. are often invisible or inaccessible to us. So, well, good mm -hmm. stuff. All right, folks, this is it. This is the end of the What is Signum Culture panel. So I, I want to uh, give uh, th uh, thank our panelists and give a couple of announcements. So thank you to uh, Serena and Sparrow. Thank you, um, Mark and Sarah. Thanks uh, to Corey, uh, our, our fearless Ripple. Uh, and uh, um, and and just a, a note to people, and I understand that this will be um, you know time sensitive, so the video people this may not connect with. However, the Mythgard movie panel is an ongoing thing, we hope. Uh, and the next one is for Solaris on 12-19 uh, on December 19th. Uh, so you can take a, a look at that. That's uh, typically on Thursday evening, um, so December 19th at 9.30 my time so was that 8 30 eastern i guess so 8 30 eastern on that and gabriel are you still with us do you want to talk about your I, ghost story i thing? am yes uh, just a quick plug um on the winter solstice or very close to it i think it's the 22nd of december we're holding the event uh at midnight uh, my time uh which i think is seven um eastern yeah. time that's another part of e signum culture is getting confused about yeah. uh, what time it is um but all the details are on the event page um it's just going to be a, a chance for us to share ghost stories around the fire um for two reasons one is to terrify me and uh the second is to while away the hours of the uh, longest night of the year um yeah. dark right. for dark business there are many hours before the dawn <laughs> as it were um so do join us and if you would like to read nice. out a story do get in touch as well yeah. So take a look at our uh, Signum events page uh, on our website. We still have a website. Uh, we aren't just a nimble social media thing. And Mark actually sent out the connection to Discord, which is an intriguing app for making connections. Uh, you know, it's an intriguingly named app. And it's and you're right about the time zones. Uh, my phone told me at two while I was waiting in line to buy a coffee that uh that, that my congratulations your signum culture symposium is starting now right and i'm like ah! <laughs> that was to my time not to <laughs> eastern time Corey standard time as we we call it behind his back and so 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 anyway this is it thanks everyone for being involved if you have any questions you can always contact me or uh any of our uh staff or faculty members uh through social media or through the signum university website we're pleased uh, for new ideas about courses we're also pleased for volunteers and of course you can always send us a whole lot of money because we will yeah. uh, pay that forward and provide uh, a brilliant education education uh, for people who may or may not have money of their own, uh, but would like some someday. So that's uh, that's what we do. So thanks so much, and we will see you on the other side. Thanks, everybody. Bye -bye. Cheers. Bye-bye.